You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Let me get to business right away. Let me cover all the stuff that we're promoting that we have going on with Primal. Um, You can hear our show on uh, Hamilton Radio, Saturday nights, 9 p.m. UK time, 9 p.m. New York time on HamiltonRadio.net. You can also hear us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, iTunes, uh, Sonos, YouTube, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa. You just uh, go on there, like it, uh, share it. Um, Also, by the way, we have a new website called TheOriginalPrimalRadio.com. it is not completed yet, but all the shows will be on there, so you can download the shows off there with all the links for the different things you might listen to it on there. Uh, you can get a hold of me at uh, primalgymnj.com or primalfightpromotions.com for the Fight League. A uh, bunch of events coming up in, uh, oh, geez, the next month or so. Um, last week, we had the blood drive. A very, uh, it was a big success for a killer, uh, Miller Keystone Center. They, got, they, they hit their quota for blood. We had... Uh, a little music there from uh, this place called, um, good Lord, what the hell is the place called? I don't know. Oh, School of Rock. So these kids came and played some classic rock. They were excellent. They were like teenagers, but they did a great job. So I want to thank them. Okay, so here's what's going on. Um, this uh, coming weekend at Primal Gym, we have a catch wrestling tournament, the Billy Robinson Catch Wrestling Tournament. That starts at 10 a.m. all day. Catch Wrestling. Submission fighting. There are no points. You have to win by submission or, or a pin uh, or it goes to a draw. And that night, uh, Saturday night, July 14th, we have the Catch Wrestling World Championships. Josh Barnett will be there, former UFC uh, champion and other guest celebrities. It'll be a nice tournament-based uh, fight right in the ring. Uh, July 16th, we have a Catch Wrestling seminar on that Sunday. So it's all catch all weekend. Uh, July 21st, uh, Mick Thornton will be doing a CQC seminar at Primal Gym. I won't be there. I will be in Delaware the same weekend. We double booked, and I'll be doing a seminar with Hawk Hockheim at Cornerstone Martial Arts in Hockessin, Delaware. Jesus Christ, this list is forever. Um, August 11th, the Primal MMA Fight Night 1, um, and that's down in Atlantic City. Um, and then in September, we're going to have a, a, U, a USA Amateur Boxing event. October, I'll have a Pro-Am Boxing event down in AC. And finally, November 3rd, Primal MMA Fight Night 2, uh, again in uh, Atlantic City. Next year, I'm going to put on uh, 10 events, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, not counting seminars and other stuff. So it will be a jammed year. But anyway, look, I am glad uh, I am alive and I'm here. And we have a returning uh, figure he has not he's been gone for a month uh and we had some interesting fan mail and i think they were they kind of like the solo show i think tom might be on the outs but but, <laughs> but anyway so tom is back from the philippines tom you made it alive brother one month i want to hear about this fucking fan mail <laughs> <laughs> i knew that that would be the one thing he would focus on you don't worry about it, mister. We'll talk about it next week. Next week, we're, we're going to recap the drunken debauchery stick and knife training in the Philippines. Because every picture I saw, there was alcohol involved. Oh, and then maybe they'd be holding a stick or something. <laughs> but, we did 47 hours of training. 47 hours of training. That's a that's lot of a fucking lot. training. In that heat, I'll tell you what, that's <laughs> like you need to multiply that by two. Is that right? So, 
Yeah. It's hotter there yeah. than in New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, 99 hours of training. Is that right? 99 hours? Get the fuck out of here. You didn't train 99 hours. You have to double it for the heat. Oh, for, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like doubling the size of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's six inches. <laughs> so, good. I'm glad you made it back. The flight, was there any problems in the flight? No one caught, no one... No, I watched some good films. Three Billboards, that was good. Um, Never heard Bruce of Bruce Willis in uh, Death Wish, that was great. Den of Thieves, which was about um, bank robbers in L.A. So all, all three of those come on my highly recommended list. Oh, well, that's good. We'll have to put that on the website. <laughs> Tom's highly recommended. If you ever find time to watch a film, those three are Those were the wicked. ones. I don't. I, I don't do anything. I don't even have TV anymore. I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, who knows? Because I'm always working. Yeah, I'm always at the goddamn gym. Thank you for holding the fort so well in my absence. Well, yeah, we had some good shows, um, you know. Uh, yeah. So it worked out good. We had Joel Bain on. We had Helen LaCora. Helen is our matchmaker for the MMA League. She was a real good guest. I've known her yeah. for about 10 years, and she um, really knows the business in and out, and she's helping our promotion company. She's doing quite well, so I'm very happy with her. Um, and we also had Dean Goldaddy on from uh, – Texas, uh, who I've known for, geez, 15 plus years. It's amazing now that doing this so long, we got a guest on today, we have to, and I start going, holy shit, I've known that dude for 20 years. And, I'm, and it sounds like, it sounds like yesterday when we first met, you know, these different individuals and stuff. So, but anyway, it was, it, it, they were good. It was, and I would have had a fourth show, but the 4th of July here, what's that? You said earlier on that there was no show last week, but there was, because I put out a show uh, myself you did with, with my first solo gig and had i you know that's fun is that up now i did not even realize it is it up on the fucking hell you know you don't look at you don't look at facebook do you so yes yeah, so this has got the most uh social media coverage of anything Get we've the done fuck out of here are you sure how could yes, that be who honestly, can pay to do this? it's a great show is like, it? Every, everyone's been following it um <laughs> Uh, Ginny Cognetti, who's um, a, yeah, se- yeah. a supreme grandmaster in the Philippines, runs Dossie yeah. Paris HQ, absolute yeah. legend. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you've not listened to it. In fact, I'm disappointed. Yeah, well, you'll have to learn to live with disappointment. <laughs> I uh, Look, dude, I work 18 hours a day. I do want to listen to it. I was listening. You know, I start to listen to shows and I fall asleep, but not that one. <laughs> My own choice. I just ha- haven't had time. Honest to God, because of the of what everything we got going on in the gym, all these different things, I'll fill you in on more detail what's going on with the fight stuff. I just I can't really talk about it yet, but just been doing a ton of stuff and literally not having it. You know, I have to schedule in a shower. Like when we're done with the show today, on my calendar, go home and shower, and that's it. You know, that's it. I don't even turn the. It, it's very hot here. It's been what in the nineties. I was just talking to Gene. Tons of humidity. I get it's not the Philippines, but in New Jersey kids can get really humid, really hot. And I uh, haven't had the air on in my house. I just sweat at night, go through multiple. What's that? London's, London's the same. It's Is it? Over here. Right. It's Crazy. a surprise. It's a whopping 87 degrees. Well, that's so. So we have a new guest who's been he's an, uh, an old friend, one of my favorite guys that I've gotten to meet in martial arts and become real good buddies with them. Did you want to, do you have a typed up, uh, organized introduction? <laughs> <laughs> now, see, the funny thing fun. is, is that Tom would bust my goddamn balls because he'd do all this preparation. And he, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 
you even get upset when I you said in our one of conversation you had gotten upset because, you know, I I look at it. <laughs> I don't really. Because you asked me for it one time and then you totally ignored the whole lot. So so and this, is this <laughs> is this your protest? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, We're digging up old graves here. Yeah. Well, I do look at your notes. Hey, make Tom great again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, I'll, I'll, try and do an, I'll try and do an intro. So right, um, try. you guys all know that uh, I, I trained with the Wednesday night group, um, a JKD group based out of uh, Redlands in California. Um, the, the figurehead of that group or, or the figureheads of that group were Jim Sewell, Tim Tackett and Bob Bremer. Um, I've trained a lot with Tim Tackett. Unfortunately, uh, Bob Bremer's health meant I, I've actually never managed to train with him. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, with, with time, the next generation are coming through and head, starting to kind of head up that group and um, ensure that it has the legs and the longevity to influence martial arts over future generations. Um, so we're with a gentleman here who's uh, had 30 years at least of, of martial arts training Um in, in a host of martial arts, not least Jeet Kune Do, um, a military, uh, a distinguished military career, and, and have done a lot of stuff outside of the military as well. Um, and he's just a fantastic guy. I've trained with him uh, on numerous occasions. He's currently over with us in the UK, um, about to deliver a seminar to the JKD London group. And uh, that's that's basically it. So I'm, I'm going to welcome to the show Dennis Blue. Dennis, what's up, brother? Well, hi. <laughs> I didn't know this was happening. I just walked through the door. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So you're. How, how, when did you get over there? Yesterday to the UK. When did you get over there? When did you travel over there? A couple of hours ago. Oh, you just got in. Yeah, a couple of scotches ago. I mean, a couple of hours ago. A couple of scot- <laughs> so wait. So as soon as <laughs> as soon as you got off the the plane, they had you at the pub, huh? Oh yeah, that's right, lady. They did. <laughs> That's the, funny. That's Dennis funny. is sometimes a man of few words, so we thought if we could loosen up. Is that, is that working for you, Dennis? Or? You know, being that my, my great-grandmother was a friend, you know, so I had to <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you guys, you, I'm going to need you guys to get a little closer to the mic because it seems to, for me, it's cutting out. So if, imagine if it's cutting out for me, the millions of fans at home listening <laughs> will probably cut it out. But anyway, so, so, what, so what the hell are you doing in uh, London? Me or Tom? <laughs> you, you. The show's about you. We don't. Oh, care. it's about but me. Tom's, Tom's wow. been. Here's First the deal. Dennis, I'm, I'm interviewing you for a potential co-host because my co-host oh, left okay. the country. <laughs> I, t- I take it all back. Um, yeah. Yes. They uh, honorably and humbly asked me to come mm-hmm. out and do a, uh, I guess, a seminar for them. So right. I'm here to, to, to conduct that. Uh, and what are you? Uh, you're doing. Uh, Combat insight stuff, JKD. What, what, uh, what are you teaching at the seminar? Is it JKD? Is it your combative stuff? What is it? Uh, this time around, it'll be uh, focusing on the Chinatown JKD. Oh, okay. Yeah, just that for the whole weekend. Yes. And it's three days that you guys are doing this. Well, technically two days, and then there's a little stuff on the side for the uh, other guys. Oh, who the else? Guys. Who else is there? Uh, so, so we we've got a group. Um, I, th- I think we've got about 90 students now. Wow. I, I don't expect they won't be all be at the seminar. But, um, Wait a some minute. Of the this is 90 students under lack? 
That's right. That's, that's right. He's fucking a, amazing. Well, How did he pull that off? What's he? What's he selling? Charming Congrats. charisma. Charming charisma. Ah. Yeah. Listen, I'm almost zen, and I don't think so. You should try it. <laughs> I should try it. Oh, listen, I'm very charming, you know. But that's true. How did he? That's look. That's amazing. I have never had. Not, and and you're just guys are just doing JKD right for the most part, right? I do think if if it's your if it's your passion if you're passionate enough about something, right? People buy into that, and um, a lot of martial arts they might have a niche following, and I think sometimes people spread their, um, I don't know what the word is, their eggs or something like that too thin. Yeah. But if you if you kind of say, look, this is my thing, and people buy into it, and uh, that's what's happened with Lax Group. I gotcha, yeah, yeah. See, over here, it's a little more difficult. I think it's it's more niche here, and just the other things just are much bigger, you know. You're not plowing 100% of your energy and effort into JKD. You're 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 covering all the bases, right? So it's well, you, that's... You, well, I I enjoy all the other things, but we, I, I tell you one thing: if I was just doing JKD, I, I'd be out of business. Well, let's, <laughs> let's let's throw that question to Dan. Amen. Amen. Well, it's true, Dennis. You've been doing Dennis. So let's go back. So you started Jukendo with the Wednesday night group in Tackett when? Nineteen seventy-seven. Wow, that's a long no. Nineteen seventy-seven. That's a <laughs> and you did stuff before that, right? Yeah, actually, my dad was a boxer, so I did boxing prior to that. Right. And uh, I remember one time he came home, and we we're doing focus club drills. And I threw a kick in there, and he goes, where'd you get that? And I said, oh, I was watching this movie. So after that, he went down and signed me up to the local karate school. No, that's it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're not yeah. allowed to kick in boxing if no one told you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I started. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So then, so what, so then you found, how did you find Tackett and these guys? How, how did that come to play? Well, like I said, I started first in boxing, and then I studied with Kam Yuen, in the uh, Hungar Gung Fu yeah. out in Hollywood and uh, Culver City, California. And then when my parents divorced, we moved out to Redlands, California. And uh, the only karate that was available out there, our martial arts available at that time, was, uh, I think it was a Shiro school. And there was a, 20 miles away, there was a Taekwondo school with Master Pugil, and my mom signed me up there. So I started there, and then one of the guys I worked with there was reading uh, uh, Dan Santos' book, uh, mm -hmm. Jeet Kune Do, Art and Philosophy, and yeah. said, hey, there's this guy, Tim Tackett in Redlands. We should call him. So my friend proceeded to call, look, go through the phone book, back when they had phone books, yeah. found <laughs> his number, yeah. called Tim, and said, yes, uh, Mr. Tackett, we'd like to learn Jeet Kune Do from you, and Tackett hung up on him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I said, well, let me try this. So I called right after that, and I go, excuse me, Mr. Taggett, my name is Dennis Blue. I'm currently a Taekwondo student, but uh, I'm really interested in learning uh, Jeet Kune Do and how to better myself, blah, blah, blah. And Tim said, oh, yeah, class is uh, $50 a month. Uh, show up on Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, see you there. Click. That was it. That's great. That started, that started the role. And then you just what, you just show up that Wednesday night. Yeah, I showed up that Wednesday night, and I stayed with Taggett for a while. Um, after about a year or so, Tackett sent me down to uh, Dan and Asanto's and told me to study there for, you know, you, you know, I need you to go down to Dan's school and uh, learn some stuff from him. So I went down to Dan's school when, back when he was on, uh, where was it, on Glencoe Avenue, back when the, the uh, 
Mark Denny and those guys were, and Burt Richardson and all those guys were still there at the time, going back to the Wednesday night group once a week. And that's where the whole thing snowballed. They, uh, they think so. You were in a sauna for a while. went back to tack. You jumped around a little bit. You, you went to train with a couple of different. Uh... Well, I did both. And yeah. then from there, Dan told me, you know what? You should study with this guy. I got and you. you should study with this guy. And you should study with this guy. So I ended up doing Pinchock, Sea Lot, uh, Muay Thai. Really? How'd you like uh, the Sea Lot? You know what, actually, and not to not to badmouth it, but no. you know, once I learned the basics of Sealot, the principles of Sealot, mm -hmm. and if you the JKD principles, if you can apply the principles to what you're doing, right. you can figure out the whole system relatively quick. Right. Interesting. So you know, once I learned what the footwork patterns were and their hand movements were. It was pretty easy to pick up on, and which I you, you also trained with like the guys Eric Paulson and the Gracies and that. That's yeah, Eric Paulson was a student. Uh, he moved from Minnesota when he first came out from Minnesota. He trained with Rick Fay. He moved to Palm Springs and started training with us at Tackett's house, and then I started teaching at his apartment two days a week. And then Eric got a gig in Hollywood and started training with the Anasano Academy. Gotcha. He called me up a couple of years after that and said, hey, Dennis, you know, I'm doing this shoot wrestling thing. You should come down and check it out. So I went down there and I started training in shoot wrestling for a while. And then he said, you know what? You might like this better. So he hooked me up with the Hicks and Gracie Academy. Yeah. So I went out there and did that too. So, yeah, Eric hooked me up with a lot of things at that time. Do you, do you feel that there's anything that you didn't cover as part of, you know, it sounds like you've got a good base in weapons, ground, kickboxing, you boxing. Know, I, I pretty much think I've covered a full spectrum of martial arts uh, from a lot of aspects. Yeah, so I, I got a lot. Yeah. But your base is JKD? My base is still JKD, and I take those principles, and no matter what martial art I look at, I use that as my compass, or I use it as a template to make a comparison and to, you know, as Tackett would say, to see, use my bullshit meter to see what will and will not work for me because I know everyone is a little bit different. And, you know, like for myself, I grew up, um, you know, I'm a multi, multi, multi-racial child. You know, I grew up with, uh, I thought you were going to uh, say multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah, very multi. No money, in, <laughs> no money involved. No, no money involved. Yeah. But, like my mom's side of the family is Chinese, Cherokee, Spanish, Arabic, and Irish. Holy yeah. shit. Exactly. <laughs> and then my dad's side of the family is, you know, obviously African American and Cajun. You know, so I grew up having to fight everybody because nobody liked me because the white Nobody liked you. I thought I was white. The Mexicans didn't know what the hell I was. Right. So I ended up fighting everybody and, and that's you know, that was my compass. Universally right there. hated. Did, yeah, did yes, you, I was. Did you ever have that problem, Jim? Dude, I am like the head of the Aryan nation. Look at me. A big white bald head. <laughs> it's it's great. I mean, it, you have to, so I'm going to tell you a funny story. So I'm up in Newark, New Jersey, and we're for a big tournament. And up in Newark is primarily Hispanic and African American. And I'm one of like two white guys in the joint. And I got there early with some of my fighters. And um, and it's packed. It's a packed house, a couple hundred people. And one of my coaches, you know, walked in the other door and he had called. He goes, I'm here. I said, oh, just come look for me. I'm in the back. He walks in and um, I don't see him. All of a sudden he walks behind me and I go, oh, I go, Ooh, you found me. How'd you, how did you find me? And I'm like the only big white bald head, you know, floating around in the whole thing. So I stood out there for a little bit. But no, I'm not mixed in anything. I'm just, I am just Irish. 
I don't like, much cool. like myself. What's that? Going go to going to back to the JKD stuff. So, so in any way, has JKD become outdated in any way? For example, over the years, you're saying that's your base. That's where you viewed things through. You know, to say JKD is outdated is like saying the sun doesn't exist. I mean, the sun comes up, but it doesn't. But the sun is always there. We just rotate around it. And what we do is we lose sight of the basic principles of what we're doing because we as human beings are easily distracted. We as men are even more readily to be distracted by girls, women, <laughs> uh, you know, the need for money, uh, right. the need to eat. And, you know, the, the next best thing to come along is generally what we're attracted to. So we kind of forget our roots at from time to time, you know, and I've done that too. I left the JKD group for about five years. Oh, I didn't know it was that long. I knew you had left. Oh, five years, yeah. And then the only reason I went back is because uh, Jeremy asked me to come back, and uh, you know, I came back. So, mm. yeah. so that's where I'm starting from again. So nice. you left. Not to. Know, I don't need all. I, I, I to know all the details, but you left. It was a personal decision for growth or something. You just, you just needed to go. Top line it for us. You know what? Truthfully, I'll tell you, I, I was very, 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 quite, quite disappointed in <laughs> very only, quiet. Yeah, very quiet. Very quiet. disappointed. And one, the quality of the people that were proclaiming themselves to be JKD practitioners or instructors. Amen. Yeah, and then the other thing is how many of those guys who were instructors who did not truly know, and still to this date, do not know what JKD actually is. Since 1977, I gave my heart and soul to this. Yeah. I took these principles into the military. I took these principles into law enforcement, and they kept me alive. And then I come back to see all these guys who are saying, oh, yeah, I'm a full instructor. I'm this and this and this. And these guys couldn't, could not. I mean, even to this day, I can point at a couple of guys and go, I know if I gave this guy a chainsaw, in a wet paper bag, he couldn't fight his way out. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but it, it's right. a fact. So I, I had to, I had to step away because, you know, as a combat veteran and as a person who understands putting your life on the line, yeah. you know, as the troops today do, you know, these guys are talking about, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm the best this, I'm the best that. You know what? They've never proven themselves. Yeah. I, I, most of these guys, I don't even know who. If they don't even know who I am, you know, and I've been with Tim since 77, that's and they don't great. know who I am, yeah, it's a, that's, that's just a lot to me. Right. I mean, I, I, we've talked about this a couple of times on the show and touched on it. And I even posted on it without, you know, just saying, and I believe one of my posts was just like, how many fucking JKD seafoods are there? You know, I'm yeah. shocked, you know, and in obscure, like in Antarctica, you know. <laughs> Just like how how is this possible? Who have you and you know? I tell you what though, those guys in Antarctica are a lot tougher than the guys we got. Yeah, <laughs> it's all over. It's it's crazy, and yeah, and it, it does. I I get the, the frustration. Well, it, it could be any art. You know, they get watered down. People proclaiming people don't know any better. So, and, and then it see it'll maybe cease to exist. And I asked this question. I think who was it? I might ask that at Chris Gant and Tackett. And I'm going to ask you is. Uh, do you think the further away it gets from the source, the worse it'll be? It gets more and more watered down the subsequent generations because the quality tends to slack. Well, you know, let me snowflake for just a second and let's ah. say this. <laughs> the further a planet moves away from the sun, the less energy that it has. 
less energy it has, the colder it gets. The colder it gets, the more it has to rely upon whatever is immediately available for it to survive off of. So if lies is their source of information, then that's what they're going to expand on. They're not going to expand on the truth. One thing I find quite interesting in the JKD world is is people seem to be obsessed with being an instructor. Oh, Where the first point of call should be to be obsessed with being the best you can be at fighting or to be what what would often be described as a black belt. Um, Is that... Why do you think that is maybe more prevalent in JKD than um, maybe some other martial arts? Well, I, I think, number one, and I'm not going to downgrade, uh, or I'm not going to batter Dan, but Dan told Bruce that he was not going to teach JKD, so Dan gave the leash to others. And as a result of that, there has never been any, I, I don't want to use the term organized, distribution of the information right so we're going off of you know and one thing that i found you know and i've worked with uh the guys who work directly with bruce lee and i've worked with the, the second generation third generation guys one thing that i've seen for these guys who are really insecure the first thing they embrace is well i don't know that much about jkd but bruce lee was doing wing chung first so i guess that must be the source uh, so they yeah. get really good at their wing chun but you know what as great as Wing Chun is, it is not JKD. It, it isn't. And, you know, I go right back to the source where Bruce, where Bob Brimmer was telling me, you know, he was like, well, yeah, you know, well, Bruce said, you know, you just claw right through that shit and you just go and you just, you just pound them and boom, boom. It's got to be like machine guns. So a lot of these guys are missing the source because they don't have enough true information. So they have to extract things from around them. And they're not basing them on the principles of JKD. They're right. basing it on the fact that, well, hey, Bruce was doing Wing Chun, I'm doing Wing Chun, so therefore I'm doing JKD. So the math doesn't equate. You don't need, to, you don't have to go do Wing Chun to do JKD. And I, right, I mean, that's what you're saying. A lot of guys think you have to go back and learn all the Wing Chun to be proficient at Chikun Do. And I don't think so. But. Right, I mean, it's just like saying, all right, I haven't walked for 15 years, so I have to go back and crawl. to crawling. Right. <laughs> Uh, I already crawled, so I need to get up now. I'm a grown man. I need to get up and start walking. Right. The, the whole idea of I must replicate Bruce Lee's journey and be as close as possible to Bruce Lee is is 100%, in my opinion, not what he was aiming at. He was he wanted you to be it to be about the individual, about self-expression and things like that. So you know, if you were a big guy like Bob Bremer was, he he taught you differently to how he taught. Ted Wong, as, as an example. And I think yeah. you see too many groups like thinking, like, well, I'll just copy what he did. You know, that 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 was the 1970s. That was, uh, in, it, it, at his time, truly revolutionary. But I, I would love it if he was still alive today because I know he would have taken things in a certain direction that some of these guys who are just copying him can't understand. Thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, the truth... <laughs> The truth of combat is, it's just like um, Burma told me one day, it's a young man's game. The older you get and you spend more time doing all this other crap, you take yourself further and further away from the truth of fighting. Fighting is simple. There's not much to it. you know. But we tend to want to take on all this other stuff and learn extraneous amounts of information and try to say, well, this is my JKD. But what we've done is we've created more than we can use. Yeah. You know, So I think... It's a matter of simplification. For myself, you know, 
I'm in my very late 50s, coming on 60 very quickly here. Woo! And I can't do the same thing. You know, I used to be a Superman, but now I'm just, you know, kind of Superman. Just Superman. You know, it's not the same anymore. I can't do, you know, I don't run a five-minute or three-minute mile, three-and-a-half-minute mile anymore. I'm down to seven minutes. So things have changed for me. You know, yeah. so I have to change in a day. They never change. It's still the same. Right, right. No, absolutely. Have to. So, I mean, JKD is principles. May I ask how, how your military service it, um, and, and law enforcement um, uh, influence your martial arts? I think more than anything, my, uh, my personal encounters after the military really opened my eyes. Because the military, I mean... You're, you're dealing with other forces of military, whether they're in uh, combat or whether they're in operations or whether they're in, you know, military combative training. It's totally different than real world. You know what? I am going to take your life because you got a belt. I can't afford one. And I'm going to take it. It's a different mentality. A lot of guys go into it and I can't speak too much for the guys who are fighting today. But, you know, for me. Uh, back in the days of, you know, when things were happening in Afghanistan and Central America, yeah. I mean, people were trying to kill you for simply for the reason that, uh, you know, they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so, there's nothing else to do today, so let's go kill this American guy. And you know, when somebody pulls a machete on you, you don't have time to stop, think, and you know, you know. And it does go back to a joke where you know it was Bill Murray. He says, this is a 45. I'm a military advisor. This is what I do. Bang! That's how you use the gun. You know, <laughs> it's the same idea. You know, you do what you have to do. But in doing what you have to do, you understand and you learn that you cannot go through 15 steps, 15, uh, 12 steps. I mean, combat is quick. Real quick, yeah. And it, it is violent. And, you know, one thing that I've started to do lately is I've started to watch some of the um, UFC greatest fights. And I've watched that stuff and I recognize how great those athletes have become since way back when that first started. Yeah. Yeah. But what is still missing is to me is the combative aspect. These guys are out there and they're beating the crap out of sure. each other. Yeah. You know, I couldn't do it now. I'm not the athlete I used to be, but no one's trying to break something. No one's trying to make you blind. No one's trying to crush your esophagus or your larynx. I mean, there's a violence there, but it's a different type of violence. And my concern is that violence that's trying to take my life, not take me take me away from a belt title. Right. So, and another expression that uh, uh, Bob Bremer expressed to me one time is saying, "You know what? This multi, uh, you know, this MMA is really cool, but you have to look at it like this." Two guys go into the ring, two guys go home. In a combative situation, two guys meet, one guy goes home. Right. So, you know, it depends on what your perspective is. Right, so. no, no doubt. Now, it was actually interesting. I had a conversation about this the other day with someone about, you know, training, um, you know, the sport aspect, the MMA, the jiu-jitsu, which can be, you know, wrestling or boxing and stuff and versus combative training. And I agree, often the guy who's just doing boxing, you know, he'll fight like a boxer, which can be very advantageous. They can whoop most of the people out there, but it's 
Hell yeah. But, you know, you have to learn as a combatives guy to, to extrapolate, to borrow the brains from boxing and use that in a finger jab and a throat punch. Your finger jab and throat punch will be that much better, more proficient. Um, Jim, I, you know for a fact, think right. back, Jack Dempsey yeah. wrote a book for the U.S. military on right. how to use boxing for combat. Yes. You know, same idea. Same idea, exactly. And subsequently, by the way, you have the, the combatives guy or the JKD guy who just thinks that the finger jab is enough and doesn't do push-ups and get in shape and move around, they're just as mistaken, by the way. You know, and now that you brought that up, let me bring up this point, too. (laughs) There is like one in 1,000 people that can be Bruce Lee, Mm. maybe even fewer. Yeah. Because no one wants to work, number one, I don't professional fighter or whatever, no one wants to work as hard as this guy did. No way. He worked so hard, he killed himself. No one wants to work that hard, right. which made him who he was. You know, and I know when I was younger, I tried to pursue that path. You know, I was running five miles in the morning, ten miles every night. Uh, you know, every night, twenty miles every Friday. I was doing six hundred push-ups, six hundred sit-ups, weightlifting, blah 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 blah. You know what? As fanatic as that was. How many people are really dedicated enough to be there, especially now, given the day where we're in a society right now that frowns upon what we do? Right. You mean by, by that, you mean fighting? Fighting. Yeah, yeah. I, I've experienced that. A- absolutely. Fighting, you know, what is the expression now? Um, uh, there's a German expression, but to fight now is an act of hatred. <laughs> and it, it, it absolutely makes no sense to me. <laughs> Yeah. It's an act of hatred. Somebody tries to attack me and I defend yeah. myself. And in turn, defending myself, I submit the guy and I'm the bad guy. How rude. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. absurd. <laughs> no, sure, the New Jer- by the way, New Jersey, I don't know what California is, but I bet it's similar. New Jersey has a law, like if you're attacked or assaulted or whatever it might be, you have a duty to retreat. Versus stand your ground like in Florida and Texas. So, you know, someone gets in your face, yells you, maybe pokes you in the chest. I got to run away. Well, there's no fucking way that's happening. I'm just going to say, you know, I'll do what I can. And obviously not to have any sort of altercation, but Absolutely. I'm not going to run away. Yeah. But it's 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 the pussification of America. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it, I mean, it's worse over here, as really? you might imagine. The idea over here is... You should let yourself get robbed or raped. Then yeah. you should call the police, and then they will fit. They will catch the guy afterwards. Oh yeah. But they, they don't do crime prevention anymore. They just catch the person afterwards. Yeah. It, it, it's it, it, it's ridiculous, and you you need to be able to defend yourself. End of the day, I don't want to get raped first. No, I want to no, no. I want to stop the well, rape. I don't even want to get raped after. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I'm glad you clarified that. That's yeah. funny. Right. I mean, it's, it's such absurdity on every level. As you were saying earlier, people ask, you know, why, you know, why do you want to fight? You don't get it. I don't want to fight. This helps me grow as a total person in everything that I do. And I love it. It's passion. I met some of the greatest people on the earth as a result of doing this. And I love it. I love helping others to achieve whatever their goal is. And that's really what it's about. And if subsequently, if I have to defend myself in the street, I will play, uh, Dennis, you've had jobs. I've had jobs where I've had to use violence. That was the nature of the business. But uh, sure. but it wasn't because I'm socially disconnected and wanted to go run around and beat up people. It's anything yeah. but that. 
Yeah, I know exactly what you're doing. You know, I missed a major part of my life because, you know, I first got out of the military. I thought, you know, it's my job to go out and defend the world. So <laughs> I, missed, I missed my children growing up because, right. to me, the most important thing at that time was, you know, we've got to defeat communism. i got to go out there and expend myself. Yeah. So the most majority of my discipline and the majority of my experience has been in the pursuit of, at the time, they did not call them mercenaries. They were called uh adventurous and they were all kind of uh, con not they weren't even contractors at the time we were adventurous right. and other security consultants and specialists <laughs> you know good yeah. times so you know times have changed you can't do that anymore now you if you if you involve yourself into being a consultant or into contractors you know right. you're now you're you're an evil hateful person you hate other people because they have a different ideology no I dislike you because you're trying to kill me. Right. And my way to prevent that is to meet you head on before you can do anything. It's called preemptiveness. There you go. And I'm going to do anything I can to stop you to make sure that I can survive and everyone else around me survives. So right. it's not a mentality. Excuse me. It's not a mentality that is very common today. Yeah. Now you had wrote a book a couple of years ago, Combat Insight, which is an excellent book. What's that? Why do you got to bring that up? Oh, you don't like that book? Is there an issue with that book? You know, I am not. You know, actually, I have a three-deal book with Simon & Schuster right now, and I have procrastinated on rewriting the book you're talking about right. in to two other books. Yeah. Only as the political climate in the past few years has changed so rapidly, I right. can't keep up with changes. Right. But what were you going to ask me about that oh, book? No, no, I thought it was a great book. I don't know if Tom, you'd, Tom, have you read that book? <laughs> no, no, he hasn't. He should have bought me a copy over. Really, he I, is only reading the book called Transgender, Transgender Rights. Um, <laughs> I was saying the political climate has changed. He should write something on transgender oh, rights. Oh, that's well. funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's a great book, and, and if you read the book, I mean, he covers every fucking detail. And and so you read the book, and then you don't want to go outside. You're so afraid of everything. <laughs> You know, you're like, because it's about a lot of, like you said, perhaps <laughs> it's about being preemptive and looking at situational awareness, which is a huge part of, you know, what we do. It, it yeah. you know, it's not just about poking someone in the eyes or kicking them in the groin, you know. It's very, it's it's much more broad than that. Absolutely. Very much uh, circumstantial. Totally. Fighting is situational. Take, yeah. yeah, we have to take into account everything that goes on around us. And personally, I think, and I'll go back to using the reference of uh, using Colonel Jeff Cooper when he talks about people who are walking around the world in stage white where they have absolutely no, I, no idea of the dangers that are transpiring around them at all. Yeah. Clueless. We, clueless. I, you know, it, what gets me now is that here in my country, a country that I love. We're in England. Man, love England. <laughs> here in England. You know, at my heart, I'm English because that's where my language comes from. But God gave me your born right. Your to, second favorite yes, country. Yes, to be born. Second best. And then, you know, there, there also is Germany, which I care for very much, and Austria and Czechoslovakia, and the, and, and the Polish who are standing up against all these obscenities that are transpiring across the world. But anyway, Jim, back to <laughs> rudely interrupted. Yes. I have no idea what the hell I was talking about. That's so funny. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, that was my, that was my fault, Jim. Sorry. Tom, you know, I, I, I do you need did you, maybe did you need a practice show to get caught up with your 
This it, is a great. This is a great show. It's as crazy as all of our other good ones. No, no, it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> but so, De- so Dennis, right now, what are you doing? So these other, are you able to tell us what those books are or not? You don't want to what they were supposed to be, what the topics were, or were you given a a variety of things that you could cover? Uh, the first book oh, works, yeah. is essentially a uh, revision of the first book, um, okay. which pretty much based on the awareness aspect of combativeness. Uh, the second book is uh, titled The American Martial Art, which... Um, oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, it takes on the transition of combativeness involving edge weapons and impact weapons in addition to uh, firearms training. Oh, nice. And then the third book hopefully puts everything together. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you get to wrap into one one whole thing. Now, the other thing is the, is the Wednesday night group. Now, um, you have a seminar coming up in, uh, what, next week? In, Crazy. In New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Over yeah. at Vinsory on Mondays up in North Jersey. And yeah. and that's a part of the new building of the, uh, the Wednesday night group and kind of getting it organized and doing stuff. That's been yeah. a long project, huh? It's a hellacious that's Long, right. monotonous, painful um, um, pursuit of love, joy, happiness, and um, <laughs> everything, everything yeah. I want to do. So. so you're doing this. So why? It's like let's go. I know the reason why. So you, as part of our conversation earlier, you're talking about no one has kind of unified this, and no one has had a really organized curriculum. The Wednesday Night Group was really one of the first to kind of do that. And then the Chinatown, which is part of Wednesday Night Group, I guess, at whatever level. And and are you refurbishing? Are you redoing the curriculum-based stuff? How, how's it going? What's 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 going to happen well, with this? You know, if you recall, one of the things that really brought to fruition or really brought to the forefront of the Wednesday Night JKD group was the fact that at the time we had Tackett, yeah. we had Brimmer, we have Jim Sewell, yeah. we have Sonny Bygum, and we have... Bert Pope. Right. And truly tremendous personalities. Yeah. Uh, truly tremendous characters with such real life experiences. Uh, you know, and I was there for the duration of that. Yeah, it's whole, great. You know, and myself, Brimmer, uh, Jim, and Sonny, because Sonny and uh, Bob lived across the street from each other. So wow. we used to hang out there every weekend. And then on Fridays, we hung out at Pete Jacobs for a while. Huh. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to open a school. And the purpose of opening the school is to take what we're doing here in this garage out onto the street. Mm-hmm. So I had people start to approach us. And all these, um, at the time, they're against the law now in California. They had these things called smokers. Yeah. I fought Remember the you. smokers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's, so, what's a smoker for the uh, non-American? What's a smoker? It's like an unsanctioned fight, so the rules yeah. could be you could kind. Of, yeah, good. so you could do, often you could do a lot more. I was in um, one in Canada, and pretty much um, the only thing you couldn't do is rip out their eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I could yeah. rip out your heart and show it to you, oh. but I yeah, couldn't rip out your eyes. We used, to, we used to do smokers all the time, and I trained uh, primarily uh, Jeremy Lynch. Um, Louis Berard, uh, Sean Goodner, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Steve, he doesn't call himself that anymore, he's uh, Cueto, 
Esteban Cueto and Tun Fum. I used to train these guys six days a week. I give them Sunday off, and then we'd go to these fights, and these guys would freaking clean house. Wow. And then the Thai guys would come up to me, and I was like, oh, Mr. Blue Sir, your Thai boxing is so good. <laughs> they didn't know. We weren't doing Thai boxing. We are doing JKD. Yeah. So they would invite me out to the more fights, and then I got my guys into championship fights. And then, you know, I hooked up with people like Saksan Janjira and all these other guys who were you know, like Saksan was like five five years in a row. He was the Thailand champion for his weight division. And he was like, oh, you know, hey, brother, you're so good. You know, your guy's so good. And he used to call me out and take, call me to his gym. We used to go to dinner and stuff. And, you know, there was a dispute because I know Benny the Jet. And I met him a couple we're not good friends <laughs> so it was, it was a rough time for me because you know i like both of them very well and they would talk shit to each other and it was difficult but yeah. you know what that's what got the name for the group out there is i got these guys out there and we would bang in fact guys would come to my school in the middle of the day and say hey i heard you do grappling i challenge you i said that's fine you know i've only had a i've only had less than a year of uh uh jujitsu with uh, hicks and gracie but you know i'm more than happy to to oblige you you know and I choked these guys out in a couple of seconds, and they're like, wow, you're really good. <laughs> well, how about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they would become students, or they would go on and, you know, they'd learn from me, but they'd go out and still continue their challenges to all the other schools in the area. And what has happened over the years is that has been lost because, you know, the name of the Wednesday night group has stayed, but the actions of the people involved have been missing for such a very long time. There's been this void. No. There's really been no one there to fill that void to say that, hey, yeah, JKD is active. JKD is vital. It yeah. does work in real combative situations. Oh, no yeah. You know, standing and living proof, you know, even in my very uh, going into early 60s, you know, uh, still a viable individual. I will not sit down and die. You know, there is still the fighting mentality in me. Right, right. So when you when you guys are not out on the street now and you're promoting this stuff, what's what's the kind of vision for the Wednesday Night Group after you kind of? Well, the biggest thing to do is try to bring back the basic principles and the basic. Yeah. Um, I hate to use the word concepts, but I'm going to use that word. Okay. Because people and a concept are not the same thing, and because most people don't speak real English anymore, they don't understand the difference. But <laughs> yes, uh, we're trying to bring back those principles, like. What Bob, excuse me, what Bob and Jim brought back, mm -hmm. and uh, Bob's sons who also studied with Bruce, what they brought back, their insight and perspective to what Bruce was trying to achieve, in terms of JKD, is totally, in my perspective, has been lost. Right. You know, no one does it that way anymore. In fact, I was told recently by someone, Blue, you should go into Los Angeles because no one knows the JKD that you guys do. All they know is the concept stuff, so they have no idea what right. fighting JKD looks like. I agree. Like. I agree. You know, what's shocking about it, it's only 20 minutes away from where I live. How can a 20-minute gap make such a various difference? It's like being in a foreign country. No mm -hmm. one knows what we do. Not not at all. And do you think, yeah. I mean, so what do you think the biggest hurdle you guys are going to have to do? I mean, obviously, it's actually, you think they're just so cemented in their other ways or what? You know, I, I don't well, know what it is. It's not as appealing, well, maybe. Here's, here's a common, here's a common 
very common factor in human nature. Uh-huh. The first thing that you experience is the first thing that you'll always refer back to. So if your first experience of boxing is with a shitty boxer, you're still your perspective still is of that guy who taught you boxing the first time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy was really good. The only reason why he's really good is because he's the only boxer you've ever seen. Right. Until you move into the ring and you stand in front of someone like Muhammad Ali, you're going, oh shit, that guy didn't know a damn thing. This guy was <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it changes your perspective. Sure does. These guys get into a pattern. They get into a habit. And when they're exposed to something that is different from what they've been exposed to, it's like, well, that can't be real. It's not real. It's that's water world. It's not what we do here. You know. In fact, I'll, you know, an example I would give is I went to I went to a seminar once, uh-huh. and when I got there, we we're doing some focus glove drills. And to me, my perspective is when I hit a focus glove, I want to hit it so hard that that glove should come off that guy's hand because I'm hitting so hard. Yeah. And these guys are telling, bro. You don't have to hit so hard, dude. We're just training. It's not a fight. And I stopped and I stepped back and I told the guy, what do you mean? I'm training to fight. Right. And he's, you know, we don't work that hard here. Maybe you want to work with somebody else. (laughs) So he sent me to somebody else and I worked with that guy and they told me the same thing. So I came back for another seminar, which is for a a shoot seminar, and I was kicking the pads. And the guy, dude, you don't have to kick so hard. I go, yes, I do, because the only way I can get better is if I kick harder. Right. No, you don't have to work that hard. This is just a seminar. No, to you, it's just a seminar. To me, it's a training session to perfect myself to better survive a combative situation. And that just flew right over his head. He goes, I can't work with you then. (laughs) I can't be too difficult. (laughs) He walked away, and guess what? I ended up working with my own guys. That's funny. (laughs) Because you yeah. do, you want to experience what other guys bring to the table. And, Absolutely. And maybe they'll have an interesting point of view or yeah. something. But... How can you learn and how can you compare yourself if you work with the same people all the time? Right. You can't. You don't, you don't know. Just like when I first met you. You remember that uh, time we went to the Black Belt magazine? Yeah, hell yeah. Tackett only told me about who you were. And I'm like, if this motherfucker <laughs> comes close to me, I'm going to. I'm going to take his eyes out. <laughs> I'm going to take him out. <laughs> and then I remember it was the funniest thing ever. Was, you know, I saw the way you were moving. And I go, see, this guy moves. None of these other guys move. And then at the end of that videotaping, yeah. the guy stopped and said, oh, my God. Of all the guys we have ever done interviews with and video recorded here in this school, you guys actually hit hard enough right. to kill somebody and beat the crap out of somebody. No. Do you remember that? I do. It was it. I oh, remember the guy's name. Yeah, I can't remember the name either. But that was no, I can. I know what it is. It's Chris Halston. Yeah, I don't remember any of it, other than the fact that you were trying to punch me. (laughs) (laughs) I said, "I'm not letting this guy grab my legs." That's hard for me. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was great. That's true. So, so we went out there to do that, right? And they were very complimentary. And we were, you know, we were having what made it different. We were having a lot of fun. We were laughing at each other, joking, busting each other's balls. And um, they weren't used to that. It was very, yeah. very people come in with their seafood and there was no joking around. There was nothing. No one was having fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were yeah. having fun. So that's, Yeah. We're, we're enjoying each other's presence. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. why you know, even to this day, I don't see you that much, man. 
But ever since all those times that we've but, done the video, even the one we did in that stupid place where we had the communist flag in the background. Yes, I remember. It was inside Kung Fu. Oh, my gosh. Which but doesn't yeah, exist anymore. Too. You know what? You guys have been my brothers ever since yeah, because yeah. we hit the note. Right. We come from the same place of understanding. And I think part of us really would like for JKD to become what Bruce wanted it to be. I agree completely. And, it, and it's, it is, you know, the challenge you have ahead of you is gigantic. There's a lot of good guys out there, but I'm afraid we're outnumbered. <laughs> we are, you know, and I li- technically, I will tell you truthfully, I lose sleep over it. Believe it or not, I do lose sleep over it. Yeah. You know, and I, coming out here to London, as much as I love these guys, I haven't slept for the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll put on a command performance, you know. And you, Locke's got a great group over there. And, hey, so, put that pressure on me, man. That, yeah, don't fuck it up. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, you, I'm sure you'll be fine. So uh, you you'll be there for till the end of the week, and then next week you're in North Jersey at Vince Ray Mondays in uh, Roselle Park, and that's a three day seminar. You, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Lynch, and Vince Ray Monday, right? Uh yes. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we needed to know. Uh, and unfortunately, I won't be up there, but because uh, I have oh, Herman. Other things scheduled, but I might be able to cruise up at night if you guys are still out and about. So I can, it's only like an hour away. If you do, I will hang out with you more than anyone else. That, Dennis, if, if guys want to get in touch with you, they want to, they, they've listened to what you said, they're buying into it, they want to learn more. Where, where do they find you guys? Buying into me? I'm what? not selling anything. Uh, maybe it's in English. We're always yeah. selling stuff. Yeah, thank you. How do people get in touch with you and find out more? You know what? Uh, the easiest way is to go to. I, mean, I tell people they can go to the Jikundo Wednesday Night website for uh, for our group. But uh, truthfully, I'll just hand out my email address. It's orthoveritas at yahoo. That's o r t h o underscore v e r i t a s at yahoo dot com. Because if you don't contact me through there, I will never hear that you even tried to call me or contact me. Right. So that's the best way. No, no, absolutely. Hey, Dennis, man, thanks so much, and, and I hope she survived the weekend in in London, and uh, we'll be, you know, we'll be bullshit. And I, hopefully, I'll be able to cruise up to North Jersey next week and see you guys. And then our special guest next week, returning to the show once again, is Tom McGrath, and we're gonna BS about his trip to yeah. the uh, to the um, Philippines and all the shenanigans that went on. I. Uh, Tom, do you have any? Do you have anything you want to promote, Tom? No, Jim. I'd like you to, to sign us out this week um, by saying it's coming home. It's coming home. It's uh, it, England. England are in England are in the World Cup semi-finals oh, today. Oh, you know, and, uh, I, I I miss that newscast. It's, it's coming home. There you go. It's, it's the first time for 28 years. First time for 28 years. And who, who, are you, who are you playing? I don't even know. Uh, we're playing Croatia. Croatia. Yeah, I, which, which, to be fair, it's, it's probably not the most difficult game we could have got. Right. Like, we're not playing Brazil. But or, they beat uh, Russia. Germany. They did. And if we, if we win, we play France in the final. And that will be the first time since 1966. And uh, there's a famous song that we have over here yeah. called It's Coming Home, and it's everyone's singing it. Re- so you've got to say to us, it's coming home. It's coming home, UK. <laughs> Thank you, It's Jim. coming home. Amazing. Since, what, 28 years? 
That that was the last time we were in a semi final. Yeah, what was the last time Germany. you won it, yo? Nineteen sixty-six. Sixty-six. Four years. Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. Six years, something like that. Wow. Wow. And so and it's huge. I mean, we don't get it, but it's huge. Uh, it's huge. And we've got Dennis here's got an England shirt. I've got an England shirt. Lax got an England shirt. No, we're I, all going to be watching the game together with Johnny Mack, the famous Irishman. Right. And, uh, Dennis, make sure you drink a lot. <laughs> we will. We will. Free beer at Johnny Mack's. <laughs> <laughs> Free Guinness and Glenn Levitt. All right, guys. Great show. Uh, Dennis, I'll hopefully see you next week. Tom, thanks. Welcome back. Lack, good seeing you, brother. And we're out. We'll see you next week. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.